whatever you do, do with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. That word, whatever, should encompass everything, right? It's not just, you know, hey, when you go to church, give it all your heart, you know, give with all, you know, work out with all your heart, but whatever I'm doing. So again, going to work, hanging out with friends, walking down the street. I mean, it's like whatever, whatever I'm doing, give it my all, working for God, not for men. Um, that's a big one for me. Yo, Ryan Hartley here from Always Better Than Yesterday. Welcome back to the interview sessions where I ask my curious questions of inspiring, successful people about their heart and their mind. Today, I am joined by Tyler D. Smith. Tyler's a pastor. He is an NBA sports writer, basketball coach, and author of the book Searching for Seven had an amazing conversation with Tyler, which I'm really looking forward to sharing with you. We dive into a conversational about what it looks like to search for God every day, how to apply God's word to your daily situations and why every part of your story matters. As I say, he's the author of Searching for Seven, a fantastic book available on all good bookstores. He is a sports writer in the NBA with the Indiana Pacers, and he has been heavily involved in youth ministry. The heart and the mind of this human being is definitely worth listening to for the next half an hour. I really hope you take some insights that you can apply to your own journey that hopefully leave you a little bit better than you were yesterday. These interview sessions are brought to you by our good friends at Web Creation. Head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices. And lastly, before we dive into episode 94 with Tyler Smith, head to Facebook. Make sure that you are part of the We Are Always Better Than Yesterday Facebook community, a group of like-hearted, like-minded human beings who want to better themselves and others with nothing else for me to say let's dive in episode 94 tyler welcome to the always better than yesterday podcast how are you doing my friend i'm great thanks for having me good to see you i'd love to know a little bit more about your story tell us a little bit about your journey so far yeah so i i've been in uh, youth ministry for about 15 years now uh, through that, a lot of uh, other opportunities have come up over the years. Um, I'm an NBA sports writer um, for the Indiana Pacers uh, here where I live, and also a little bit of college basketball, uh, Indiana Hoosiers basketball. Um, and then uh, I have a wife and two daughters, and uh, you know, felt really compelled to uh, write my first book, which just came out in June. And it's kind of a, a mix of all the different things that I've been involved in and blessed with over the years. And um, it's it's really a blessing and an honor to be able to do all these different things. I love that. I am going to look forward to diving into some of this story in more detail. And I'm you can see the blue heart on my chest, and it's a big part of my logo. And I I I really love to see people in the world doing what they love. And I just love to know which kind of came first for you. Was it the ministry? Was it the sports writing? But I get the sense that you love what you do. Absolutely, yeah. I, you know, I think growing up, I did a lot of sports related things, uh, but not as a profession by any means. Um, high school, I was all about 
playing sports and you know, talking about sports. And then uh, God actually used basketball to get me to go to a Christian school. And then mm-hmm. from there, I got called into, you know, a youth group and um, it was supposed to be like a summer thing. And, and I haven't mm-hmm. stopped doing it in 15 years. So um, it's pretty cool how God works in that way. But um, so yeah, ministry when I was about 19, 20 is when I started doing that. And then uh, the as far as a um, career, I guess, uh, the sports writing thing, was uh, about six years ago. Mm. So you, did you have faith before you went to the school? Or did you, is that something you found whilst you were there? Yeah, I did. I mean, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, I owe a lot to my uh, parents and my sister. Uh, I grew up in a great church. But, you know, as I talk about, you know, growing up, um, it's, it's kind of like one of those things where you tell people that, you know, I was, I was known as a Christian. I was, mm-hmm. you know, but problem is what that entailed was like well this guy doesn't really do anything too terribly wrong and he goes to church so therefore he's probably you know he's a christian guy i realized later on that i was you know far from walking with the lord every day and i was you know i missed so many opportunities to uh be a light while i was in high school so i would say i was a christian but it wasn't until college that i really uh, started to learn more about you know what it meant to be on a journey and, and uh, following Christ every day. And, and what a, what a responsibility to be in youth ministry as well. Like what has, um, I know it's a very service orientated thing, the ministry, but what has it given you? What are some of the things that you've gained by your position within youth ministry? It's been, I mean, it's been an honor. And I think that, you know, I, I can think back to so many stories of, uh, of just seeing kids grow. I mean, especially the times when you get them at, you know, middle school and then by the time they graduate high school and you just see this, you know, transformation, uh, you know, sometimes it's just hard to believe. And, you know, you just give God all the glory for, man, this kid, you know, this, this little kid that was in seventh grade and now they're graduating and now maybe they're going into ministry or they're just, uh, you know, on fire for their faith. Um, being able to be a small part of, of those stories and, um, you know, walking alongside of them and, and seeing that play out is uh, very humbling and rewarding. I mean, of course, in ministry, there's a lot of ups and downs and a lot of frustrations as well. But I think the rewards uh, and blessings of it far outweigh anything that's negative. We're all given gifts from God, um, and some find them sooner than others. Um, how did you go about finding and, and identifying what your gifts were so that you could be that light in the world, as you said? I think from from a ministry standpoint, it was actually going and doing it. Uh, I feel like some people know what they're called to do in terms of a career. Um, for me, I was going to school. Even when I transferred to a Bible college, I was going for communications degree. Um, and so I had no intention of going into ministry. Even, you know, I, I was not going to say like, hey, I'm going to take these classes and become this. It was just me being thrown into the fire, if you will. It was uh, a local youth group, uh, so they didn't have a youth group. A local church called me and said, hey, we want to start up a youth group. Would you want to do it? And so it was through actually doing it that God was like, hey, I actually, you know, here you go. This is what I want you to do for Mm -hmm. a career. And uh, so I feel like, you know, everybody has a different path in terms of, you know, how they find out as far as a career goes. so yeah, that was kind of a bit of my story there. Yeah, love that. Talk to me about the book. What's it called? Who's it for? And let's talk about the the content and how it came to be. 
Yeah, so it's called Searching for Seven. Uh, the seven is kind of a double meaning. Uh, seven can be uh, scripturally the number of God. Uh, it means completeness, perfection. Um, so in a way, I'm, I'm, I'm yearning for that. I'm searching for God, but I'm also searching for my own faith seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to, I had the idea to write it several years ago, started to slowly but surely compile notes and chapter ideas. I wanted to combine my ministry experience with my writing experience and all the you know crazy things that, that I've gone through. Mm-hmm. I wanted to share all those stories, share you know scripture that um, has encouraged me in those moments. And uh, once I, I started writing, then I got the title, and then it really took off from there once I realized that all of, all of my stories and examples are really fitting in the same category of looking for God all seven days a week, you know, not just mm-hmm. on Sunday, not just when you worship, not just when you get bad news or good news, like some people tend to do, but just like, no matter what the situation, being aware of his presence, mm-hmm. trying to figure, you know, figure out what does he want me to do in this moment, in this you know, random day of the week. And, and so that's, uh, that's kind of how it started. And, you know, it was a really fun process. And um, it was another honor of my life to be able to do it. Yeah, what do you? um, What do you hope the book will be for your readers? What do you hope that that will help them with? I hope it is an encouragement. I feel like, you know, there's, there's 19 chapters, they're all short. Um, it can be used as a daily devotion because they're so short, um, but it can also, I've, you know, there's been some small groups that have got it and gone through together, some married mm-hmm. couples. Um, I put discussion questions in the back, but really it's, it's for anybody. It's a wide range of people of all ages, but it's for anybody that um, is on a search for truth, um, including mm-hmm. if there's a non-believer who maybe isn't maybe they don't believe, maybe they're not sure who God is, but if they have any kind of inclination in their life at all, that there may be truth and maybe a God, I feel like there's stuff in there that would help them. And then also for just a Christian who is trying to wrestle with and figure out how do I do this whole faith thing seven days a week? You know, I I want it to be um, an enjoyable read, but most importantly, encouraging. Um, I feel like, again, for no matter what part of life that you're in, I feel like there, there would be something in there for each person to take from and be encouraged by and feel like, okay, I'm, I'm on this journey too. Like I need to be seeking after God no matter what I'm going through. And, and that's the goal. Mm-hmm. I like the phrase that you've said it. It's hard to find what we're not actively searching for. That's a real powerful statement, isn't it? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I've, I feel like very occasionally in your life, you'll find something that you're not looking for. Like, Oh, Hey, there's five bucks in my pocket. I didn't know it was there. (laughs) But most of the time it's like, if I'm not even paying attention or aware of what I'm really looking for, you're not just going to, you know, just find something, especially something that's that important. We have to be intentional. We have to be actively seeking and, and kind of on the flip side of that. um, You know, if you're really actively looking for something and, paying attention to it it's like oh there it is or there you know thinking about a song and oh it starts playing Mm -hmm. i mean it's just like you're just more aware of that and i feel like uh you know a relationship with god um can benefit in the same way if we're really seeking him Mm. i really love my conversations to be inspirational so if people feel motivated to take action but really practical so people know i'm going to do this one thing and if i do this one thing it's going to help me in some way what is the kind of one thing 
that you would like our listeners here to to, to kind of take away and if <clears throat> implemented they will be closer to finding god um i think part of it is understanding that how i feel close to god and how i hear from god mm-hmm. will probably look different than how you you know the things that help you so it's it goes back to being intentional about figuring out what works for me in order to again hear from god feel close to god um because a lot of times people just kind of sit back and they they want it to be you know spoon fed to them or like you know hey i go to church and that's when i you know that's the day of the week that i try to hear mm-hmm. from god and um but i think it was uh, tozer who said that if your faith relies on a, a pastor's preaching you're a long way from where you need to be in your faith mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so I, I think that's a big takeaway is you know throughout the book i have all these different stories of things that have happened in my life and to other people as well um and it's not like hey this is exactly what you know how god will speak to you but it's it gives ideas and practical um principles of mm. you know some things that you could possibly be doing and hopefully it just sparks uh something in there like yeah if i put action to my faith if i if i serve if i actively seek after god then uh mm. you know my 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 whole faith my whole life will be shaped differently if i um put mm. that action to it yeah i remember um a time before i had faith and i i would be in a church and i would um i would hear the the vicar saying if you put god first in your life everything else would follow and and i was like man i'm not gonna do that like that seems like a waste of time because like, i want to see my friends i want to do some stuff i've got all these things i need to do why would i why would i do that that seems like i don't have the time for that but now i have faith i understand it but for those that might be listening um that maybe don't understand faith or christianity and you talk about seven days like why is church and searching for god more than just a sunday thing i mean i think um just by Jesus coming to this earth and, and the, you know, his ministry was incredibly relational. Mm. I mean, yeah, he did speak sometimes from a synagogue or a mountaintop, but most of his ministry, most of what's recorded in scripture is him with people out and about. Um, he spent, he poured so much of his life with, you know, 12 other people. Um, but then just passing through towns and being there to meet needs of others. So we have a very, relational God who, you know, um, if, if all that mattered was us worshiping him, then mm-hmm. why is there so much in there about relationships and discipleship and community? And, and, you know, even the early church in the book of Acts, they were not just about, Hey, let's go worship. And then we're good. It was, let's go house to house. Let's break bread together. Let's pray together. Let's serve. Let's, uh, you know, all these different aspects of, you know, this faith journey. And, and when Jesus said, Hey, you know, if anyone is to come after me and and he said follow me way many more times and he said just believe in me so Mm. you know if it's it's a pursuit like i need to follow him and you know i i also think he he wants us to enjoy this life um so like if there's a tuesday afternoon you know i go have a an awesome lunch somewhere like that's supposed to cause me to reflect and worship and like this is you know thank you god for this or wednesday night i go to a concert and i'm just like you know, Thursday, I go play basketball, all these different things. Can I be aware that God has mm. allowed that hap- to happen? And then maybe how can I, you know, impact someone else for the gospel in, in all these different things I get to do? 
Yeah, I love that. Is there a piece of scripture that's really close to your heart? There's several. Um, Colossians 3.23 is, is a big one. Um, whatever you do, do with all your heart as working for the mm-hmm. Lord, not for men. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that word, whatever, should encompass everything, right? It's not just, uh, you know, mm-hmm. hey, when you go to church, give it all your heart. You know, give with all, you know, work out with all your heart. But whatever I'm doing. So, again, <laughs> going to work, hanging out with friends, uh, walking down the street. I mean, it's like whatever, whatever I'm doing, um, give it my all you know, working for God, not for men. Um, that's a, a big one for me. Mm, I love that. In your, um, in your book, you talk about searching for God every day, applying God's word. And the last one is about showing how your story really matters. Why does our story really matter? Uh, I, it may sound cliche to say, but you know, nobody has a story that you have. Um, mm. I think that uh, the Jesus taught in stories so often that that's probably the, the way that we can relate to people the most. Mm. Um, there's definitely a time and a place to say, you know, scripture says this, or like, I believe this about God. But a lot of times it's just, here's what I went through. Here's what God did in my life. Maybe you can relate to it. Um, you know, you think to, uh, and I'm talking like your uh, accomplishments can be used to point to God's glory. Your weaknesses can be used to point to, you know, God's power, you know, like the mm. the woman at the well who was, ashamed of her past and she didn't want to be around anyone. Well, she meets Jesus. And what's the first thing she wants to do after that conversation? She wants to go into the town and tell everyone her story, even though she was ashamed of it mm-hmm. at first, mm-hmm. she was no longer ashamed because, Hey, I did this, but I've been forgiven. I want you all to know, you know, how I've been forgiven. So it's like your good things or your bad things, you know, share, share your stories and examples. You can relate to people. Um, so your, your biggest accomplishment and your biggest failures, they don't define you. You're defined by Christ, but you can use your accomplishments and failures to share Christ. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I like that. What are, um, some of the things that really came up for you during the process of writing this book? Um, what was that first part? What are some of the things that really come up for you? What, what were some of the things you were noticing that God was doing within you? Um, and your work whilst you're pulling it together. I I love how I'm amazed by how God works when you have an idea to do something and it, you know, whether it's a book or anything else. And when you start that process and then like all these new things would kind of fit and, and it's almost mm-hmm. like I would, I would feel or hear these like um, these, you know, affirmation words from God of like, Hey, also, Hey, put that in that chapter two, or like, Hey, that story that, that long time ago that fits here. It was just like this really cool uh, process. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's a challenge for me if you're, if you're going to write something or, you know, share something with someone, the challenge, you know, challenge yourself to live it out, you know, not just to say here's a bunch of words, but now for me, it's almost like, uh, like somebody put it this way. And uh, as they were reviewing it and I was like, I like that, I'm going to use that just uh, like a playbook. You know, the book is like my own personal playbook for how to, Mm see God. And so now I just, you know, I flip back through the pages and I'm like, all right, I need to live this. And it's, it's been encouraging. Mm, I love the sports reference there with the playbook. How does, um, how does the two, how do your two worlds combine? How does sports and uh, your ministry and your book, how, where's, are they two separate things in your life or is your work, your worship, is it the same? It's all the same. Uh, 
earlier in my life, they would have been completely separate. And it's something mm-hmm. I, I tell our, our students in church all the time is that, you know, growing up Christian, like if there was a pie chart, Christian would have been one of the categories. Mm-hmm. Whereas now Christian is the cat is the pie mm-hmm. chart and all the other, uh, all the other categories fit in there. So like athlete yeah. or husband or, you know, all these things, but Christian is my, my DNA, my identity. Um, so I enjoy getting to do some of these things. The school I coach at is not a Christian school. Uh, obviously the Indiana Pacers and the NBA are not a Christian organization. So I, I get to have the church world, but I also have these mm-hmm. opportunities where I get to, you know, have little gospel touches here and there that are mm-hmm. um, outside of the church and try to, you know, I, I wouldn't be doing all these different things if I didn't feel like there was a, a purpose behind each one. Mm. Talk to me about the uh, your involvement with the Pacers. What's it like to be involved in an elite sports and um, be able to write about it? It's a lot of fun, you know, especially because they, uh, they're, you know, my favorite team growing up in Indiana, them and, and IU basketball at the college level. Uh, you know, I, I would love to do any kind of sports writing, but when it's, when you get the opportunity for your teams and you feel like you know more about them, you're more invested in, you know, the results and all that. Um, it's been really cool um, to be able to, I get to talk to the players and, and write stories and, and really uh, a lot of the fan interaction has been great um, just to, uh, you know, live tweet at the games or, uh, mm. you know, do contests or things to try to interact with fans. And uh, it's been a blast. Mm. I really believe in the power of like micro moments and small moments. Um, my friend Jonathan Darling talks about, I just wonder with your involvement in ministry, your involvement in the, in the, with the Indiana Pacers, have you, have there been some micro moments that have really changed your perspective or, or inspired you in some way? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of those that come up. Um, I think one time I had this, uh, this idea of um, trying to raise awareness for, uh, there's a homeless shelter in Indianapolis. that's a big Christian homeless shelter. Um, and I had heard that one of the, the players uh, for the Pacers was, in a way connected and I didn't, you know, say anything to that player, but he ended up seeing it on the Twitter uh, feed. Um, But we basically, we did this contest of like, Hey, every retweet this gets, I'm going to donate 50 cents to, um, to Wheeler mission is what it's called. And he saw it, retweeted it. He's got obviously a a ton of followers. So the key was not just the money sent and raised. Mm -hmm. It was the, the amount of people that saw uh, that clicked on Wheeler mission to see what they were about. So for me, it's like those little things that, um, that come up that, you know, I'm maybe not able to, um, you know, talk about Jesus and all my mm-hmm. pacer writings and, you know, things like that. But because it's, it's, you know, I talk a little bit in the book too about different platforms that we have. So even if you have, um, if you work with three people, you know, you have a platform of those three people. So mm-hmm. it's not about numbers and, you know, what, you know, how big is your platform, but understanding you do have these little platforms these mini or big ones or whatever um, and we're called to use it like the parable of the you know using the talent you know and uh, getting the reward if you put it to use yeah i was just about to ask you that very question here in the in the uk we talk about 
football, soccer, um, and and there can be a culture around worshiping the players and the big stadiums, and you could just see the celebrations. And I just wonder, with you being so up close to professional athletes, with your faith, I was going to ask you that question: How much do you see that play out? How much do you see a return on God's investment playing out? Yeah, I, it's a big challenge. You know, I remember again, you know, dating back, uh, uh, like baseball. I'm I'm big into baseball as well. Big Cubs fan, and I remember uh, Sammy Sosa was uh, the best player when I was growing up. And people in the stands would like literally bow to him, and it was like I I didn't know at the time this is uh this little bit of idol worship going on here, and um and and you know you see that you see you know uh, people like you're my idol or you're this or that and. Um, they kind of, uh, you know, can live and die based on that day's game. And, you know, it's, it's crazy, but for me, it sports have taught me to be even killed because I know how, how they can change so quickly. So it's mm-hmm. actually helped me in life to be humble in the good times and faithful in the bad times. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell people is like my number one sports, you know, thing that I've learned, but, um, yeah, if, you know, being up close to the players, it's helped me to see the um, even more of the, you know, humanity side of them. These mm-hmm. are regular, regular people. They're incredible at what they do. Um, mm-hmm. But they, you know, they need, they need truth and meaning and they go through struggles. And so it's kind of helped me also, uh, you know, stay away from the whole idol worship type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. My ethos is all about helping people and teams be always better than yesterday. I'm just curious to know what the phrase always better than yesterday means to you yeah i mean if that that fits really well with uh the whole message i think that i'm trying to get across um just and i think today's culture is is so comparison heavy especially with social media you know like um you know maybe even 15 years ago um, people would compare themselves just to the the kids in their class at their school or the people that live on their street now they're comparing themselves to millions of people on social media and why do they have this or why why don't I have that many likes or you know and it's uh it's hard and so what we end up doing is we end up comparing ourselves to the wrong things when really the only thing you should worry about is am I better than yesterday myself am I stronger Mm -hmm. in my faith do I look more like Jesus today than yesterday um you can do it for personal goals as well Mm -hmm. um you know lifting weights or you know um you know things at work you know, just a little bit better every day. Um, Cause you know, getting a little bit better. And then obviously over a long period of time, if you do that, then you're going to see, you know, a big, uh, big improvement, whether it's work or something yourself, but, you know, especially from a faith standpoint, knowing that we're going to go through ups and downs, um, mm-hmm. just look a little bit more like Christ today than yesterday. And I'll be in good shape. <laughs> I love that. That's such a good definition. Um, is there any question that I haven't asked you that you would love to answer uh, and, and have, have my audience hear from you? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, this has been really good questions. I think um, the one of the biggest things I just hope people understand is that we're, we all are, all are on this journey of faith and uh, we're human. We're going to, we're going to mess up. Um, we're going to fall short that's why Jesus came. That's why, um, that's why we can, uh, you know, go through the ups and downs and still, um, know that we're loved. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just want, um, people to understand the, the action of our faith, um, how much it can do 
for you and it's not about earning God's love because he already, mm. he already loves us. Um, he gives us grace no matter what, but it's about myself, my growth, getting to know my God more and then being more aware of what he wants me to do in life. This uh, mm. short life that I get, um, you know, it's uh, hopefully a little bit of a, a sense of urgency of life is short and I need to uh, reach people. And one of the ways to do that is by searching for God every day and, and being aware of his presence. Yeah. I love that. Amen. Um, how do people connect with you? How can people find you? Where can they check the book out? Yeah, the book's website's probably the easiest thing because it also has links to like social media and my blog and some other stuff. Um, but searching for seven.com uh, links to the book to purchase or, you know, if people just want to connect and, and chat, um, there's stuff on there for that as well. That's amazing. Thank you so much for joining me and uh, sharing your heart and your mind with uh, the Always Better Than Yesterday audience. And I'd be really grateful if you could leave us with a final thought from your good self. Final thought. I think we are created, it says in Ephesians, we are created in Christ for good works. So that fits that mindset of uh, putting action to our faith. If we don't serve and put action to it, I feel like we're going to be like um, that uh, that item in your house that hasn't been used in a long time. It's going to mm. stop working. It's going to rot um, mm. because we, we're not made to just sit and not do what we were created to do. So I encourage all of you, look for these little opportunities or big opportunities to serve. You were created for it. Um, your faith is going to grow. Your witness is going to grow. And uh, you know, I'll be uh, praying for anyone who listens to it to uh, um, to be able to do that in their life. I love that. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. There we go. Episode 94 with Tyler D. Smith, author of Searching for Seven. Go and check it out now. Hope you've been inspired to learn more, to journey more. Um, and please do subscribe if you haven't already if you're new to the always better than yesterday podcast let me just say thank you for two reasons one taking the time out of your day and two making it to the very end you are part of the end of the podcast crew as my friend joe ferraro would say thank you for that all that remains now is to say thank you have a great week and do let me know if this has helped you in some way share it with someone that you believe needs to hear what Tyler has had to say and I'll speak to you again soon much love guys